Tara, can you believe January is almost over? I can't. I haven't even recovered from New Year's. I haven't even recovered from New Year's. No, me either. I just went to Target the other day and I saw Valentine's stuff and St. Patrick's Day stuff. It's too much, man. Slow down. I'm not ready for that. It's too much. <laughs> oh, hi. How are you? Hi. I'm Tara. I'm Natalie. Take a look around. We'll be over here talking. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's, they don't need to be rushing me through the holidays. I just want the candy. That's all I care about. Me too. Me too. That's all that matters. <laughs> look who it is. Hello. Hello. It's Jeff Gunther. Therapy Jeff. Back again. Yeah, old friend to the store. Welcome back. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, do you guys, do you carry like any cassette tapes? I think we have a few. I think they have broken cases though. (laughs) That's okay. That that means that they're like more authentic. Just because there's, I'm trying to collect my 90s cassettes and I'm going to eBay and they're charging so much money. Um, And I don't even know, like now all of a sudden these things are collector items and they're no longer making a lot of cassettes for the bands that I like. They like, it's funny though, because I have recently seen like one of the newer Blink-182 albums, like they released in cassette, like as a cassette, as like just sort of like a joke. (laughs) And I think the Shins always release uh, their music on cassette tapes for some reason. So there's still bands that are doing it, but I wish they would just sort of like, I want to find like a new Third Eye Blind cassette tape and that just doesn't exist. We're going to put out an APB in the store. We're going to find you that cassette tape. Please do. And you call me it. when it comes Special in. Order. Hold it for <laughs> yeah. me. Yeah. yeah. Oh, so we're so glad to have you back in the store because I know you've got a book coming out this year. Can you tell us about that? I do have a book coming out. It's called Big Dating Energy. And I'm actually looking for like non-bookstores to carry the book. So maybe mm. you'll be open to putting it on your shelves. It's about, uh, it's going through like all the different stages of relationship. And actually the, the first chapter of the book is called uh, You Can Blame Your Parents. And I talk about how you can blame your parents for all of your relationship issues. And it goes into you can blame society, you can blame capitalism, you can blame Hollywood, you can blame social Social media. There's so many like people and things to blame for your shitty relationship issues. Unfortunately, or fortunately, I guess, in the end, and like after the third chapter, and after we're done blaming everybody for everything, I do come back around and say, like, yeah, we can blame everybody, but it's still your responsibility to like heal yourself and be a good mm-hmm. dater. And then it goes into all the stages of dating. And then at the end, it tells you how to like break up in a cool, <laughs> cool, uh, healthy, direct, sort of honest way. Because I feel like a lot of people don't know how to break up. There's a lot of bad breaker uppers out yeah. there, I think. So this book will help you break up in a healthy way, how to stay in a long-term relationship in a healthy way, and how to get out there, even if you don't feel like it. That's really smart. Yeah, people mm-hmm. people don't consider the breakup as being part of a relationship story until it's too late. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And you're right. It's really important that people have some kind of skills about how to part ways amicably. Yeah. I was going to say those people haven't listened to Not A Surf yet. (laughs) Right. Not A Surf is my uh, all-time favorite band. I have a lot of their posters hanging up in my house. And Not A Surf writes a ton of love songs. It's funny because like, I was exposed to Not A Surf in the 90s. Do you remember their like hit in the 90s? Of course you do. Oh, yeah. Uh, Popular. Popular. Three important rules for breaking up. Don't put off breaking up when you know you want to. Allowing the situation only makes it worse. 
But it wasn't until the album Let Go, which is in 2003 or something, which I think was, yeah, their best album. They also, Not A Surf also thinks that album was their best album. But that that album was a is a love album. There's lots of love songs and breakup songs on that album. Um, it's a favorite one to listen to over and over again. Yeah, actually, last time you were in here in our record store, we played the high fidelity game and we did breakup songs. We did top five breakup songs. Yeah. But it's Valentine's Day almost. Actually, do you like Valentine's Day? Are you a Valentine's Day kind of person? I love Valentine's Day. Yeah, I think it's like I like it because it's. Uh, I feel like some people don't like it because they sort of... Is Valentine's Day like a Hallmark holiday? Was it created by Absolutely. Hallmark so that we... Yeah. I'm, I ignore that. Yeah. yeah. And I just sort of like lean into it. Any like opportunity to be romantic is an opportunity that I'm going to take. And I have... I'm still... I'm like in the honeymoon phase in my new relationship. So being in a honeymoon phase with Valentine's Day coming up is like... That's exactly how you want to do it. So I can't wait. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, should we play the high fidelity game again, this time with maybe love songs? Mm -hmm. Yeah, that sounds great. Do we want to make it like therapy Jeff inspired to make it just 90s love songs? Oh, yeah, Yeah. definitely. Okay. We definitely should do that. Do you want to kick it off this time? Sure. Yeah, I'll kick it off. And I think that, you know, it's tricky to, last time we were, we chose breakup songs. Lots of love songs have like breakup messages in them as well. So it's hard to like take them apart. But it was, this was really difficult because 90s love song, there's so many 90s love songs. And so I decided to like try to, I was just like, forget it. I'm only going to choose, I'm going to do my best and just choose from like the alternative 90s love songs. But there's, so there's just like a bunch of genres that I completely ignored that is not okay. (laughs) But that's, that's the decision I made because it's so hard to narrow it down. Right. Yeah. We can always play top five nineties love songs again and like choose a different genre. Yes. No worries. Choose a single artist sometimes. Yeah. You know? Also, who knows? Alternative if you wanted to do again. I'm sure there's a whole other you might have a different point of view at a Mm -hmm. later phase in your life. So this is evergreen. (laughs) That's right. Yeah. Um, Awesome. I can't wait to hear what your top five 90s love songs are. All right. Well, I'll start. Uh, Number five is Crash Into Me by your boy, David Matthews. (laughs) Dave Matthews. I'm so lost for you. Oh, when you come Okay, yeah, so the question is, oh, why do you love this song? And is it a creepy song? Like, it depends. <laughs> <laughs> I think, yes. I think Dave is a bit of a creep, and, we, and we're, were we okay with it? I think we were okay with it. And it's, it's sort of funny because I think that Dave Matthews, I don't know what you all think, but I feel like he's having a resurgence. Like, it feels like... As a culture, we're coming around and embracing Dave Matthews all over again. But the Crash Into Me song was maybe his 
peak creepiness because you can make an argument that it's about like a peeping Tom, right? Where he's just sort of like looking through a window and uh, the girl that he's like looking at doesn't even know and he's getting like really turned on. And that's a little problematic, but also I think that it we've all been that person to a certain degree where we're like peeping on somebody and we know it's wrong, but we're just like so into them. And I think that this song really gets there. And and then he's like... I feel like he's like very direct in some of the lyrics where he'll be like, and you come crash into me, baby, and I come into you. Where it's just like, he's saying like, I'm coming into you. Like I'm literally coming into your body, right? But like somehow Dave Matthews gets away with that. Just being like, (laughs) I'm crashing into you. I'm coming into you, which is like very hot. And then there's the, like the other creepy lyric of like, hike up your skirt a little more and show the world to me. What a fucking creep. And also I'm so (laughs) turned on. Right? Like, <laughs> how does that work? Do you do you two have any idea? Like, first of all, is this song creepy to you? If so, why does he get away with it? And does it feel like a love song or does it feel like a, like a stalker song? Oh, man. I feel like the... It feels like a love song, and I don't know if it's the gentleness of the guitar or even the way that he sings it. And there's also that weird, like, you're my dirty rascal part, which is (laughs) like, what are you talking about? But can I just say, I recently saw him play live Mm. for, I forget what it was, but some political thing that I went to and he played. I never, well, I also say I saw him in the 90s, but I don't remember how neurodivergent spicy he really is (laughs) until now I know myself as a neurodivergent person. And watching him on stage is like, wow, what? I, I never realized. I mean, he, the man is... I, he's on the spectrum or something. I'm not oh, sure yeah. what it so. is, but I never realized it before until very recently. But that doesn't answer your question. <laughs> How does he get away with these words? But I didn't ever think that they were creepy anytime I heard them until also more recently where I heard someone say that in like a TikTok or something. Oh, no, I thought it was quite creepy. I just ignored it. Really? Well, because the part, hike up your skirt a little more, that part kind of made me a little uncomfortable. You're right. I was titillated, but also like, bro, I don't know you. Back up. You know what I mean? It's weird. Um, But it's something about that 90s jangly guitar that you could just kind of get away with anything, you know? I think you can. Did you did you back then and do you now see him as like a sex symbol? Was like he like a really hot guy? No, 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 no. No. But he had like respected him. Do you think that he had like big dick energy? No, (laughs) no. (laughs) But you know what? I can see it though. I can see it though. Actually, (laughs) I I wasn't plugged into that back then, but I can I can see it now. I feel like in the nineties, I remember hearing that he he saw his current wife like in the crowd mm. it was like love at first sight and i don't think i think they're they've been together ever since and they have many children and hmm. also i think his sister died from cancer or something and he raised his nieces and nephews Mm. as a very young person Mm. also during this like huge part of his fame Mm -hmm. in the 90s so he seems like a really good guy but that doesn't still explain the creepy (laughs) lyrics 
<laughs> That's how he gets away with it, I think. Is it like, Maybe. oh, I think he's a good guy and we're going to, yeah, so whatever. Anyways, that was number five, Crash Into Me. Excellent choice. Thank you, thank you. Okay, number four is someone that had one of the sweetest, most unique voices of the 90s, in my opinion. And her name was Jewel. And the song that I love is called You Were Meant For Me. Love yeah. it. That voice is so cute. That face is so cute. One of the things that I like about Jewel and specifically this song is her storytelling. It's just, it's so... <laughs> She says, I never put wet towels on the floor anymore. And uh, what else did she say? And and soon you will see you were meant for me and I was meant for you. In this song, she like talks about her day, going through her day. And it's sort of like, it's more of a breakup song or it's it's also a breakup song, right? Because she's like yearning for this relationship, yearning for this guy. And she talks about her like normal day that she's trying to get through and not think about him, but she can't. She can't not think about him. And the chorus of Soon You'll See You Were Meant For Me just feels like, you know, I was in high school in the 90s and I was, I felt like really tortured and I was convinced that like the girls that I had crushes on, they would eventually see that they were meant for me. Didn't turn out that way. But there was this real sweetness where she's also trying to kind of like convince herself that uh, she's fine. Like she's singing this song, trying to convince herself that she's fine and she's maybe thinking that she's succeeding until she's kind of like gets to the chorus and she's like you are meant for me and I was meant for you and soon you'll see and she's also there's like this like simplicity to her songs you know it's just sort of mm-hmm. like that guitar sound her videos are always her her big pretty face looking right into the camera being so vulnerable she's such like a vulnerable singer songwriter so that's why it really resonated with me yeah mm-hmm. it is interesting how she says dreams last for so long even after you're gone Mm-hmm. Yeah, she's like hanging on to this relationship with every little fiber in her being, you know. Mm-hmm. Trust me, you were meant for me and I was meant for you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this is going to happen again. You're definitely right on the storytelling part too. That's what I loved about the song. I love writers who can kind of take you through this narrative and you go through this entire day with her. And mm-hmm. I love how, I love writers and especially in fiction, I like this too when writers can make the most mundane everyday tasks feel so real and feel so like poetic, you know? So she's mm-hmm. she's just talking about breakfast in the first verse and her mm-hmm. alarm clock going off, but there's, you feel it with her. You know, she says like, I feel so far from where I've been. I've got my maple syrup and all this blah, blah, blah. I don't, I have everything but you, you know what I mean? It's just so, mm-hmm. um, yeah. It's so tangible, I think, for anyone. So I really yeah. yeah it's it's too. funny how like she and other writers can get so specific about their day, and it makes it even more relatable for me, even though yeah. she's being specific about herself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and she has just a really pretty voice. Yeah, she definitely. Does. So that was my number four. Number three is I don't. So number three is like if this song isn't on both of your lists, then I'll be shocked. <laughs> But number three is Nothing Compares to You by Sinead O'Connor. Yeah. 
Yeah. I mean, just the the title of the song, right? It's such a, like, it, it, it's just like this yearning, like, talks about how, like, nobody is better than you. And then it starts out, right, with the lyrics saying, it's been seven hours and 15 days since you took your love away. That is so fucking specific. Seven <laughs> hours and 15 days. We've been there, right? Another breakup song is, I guess I can't get away from breakup songs, maybe, but... <laughs> Um. Uh. Yeah. The, the, and that's I, that's one of like my favorite first lines. It's been seven hours and fifteen days because right, you're just you drop into the pain, don't you? You just like you feel that heartache and how much she loves. And then the chorus of like, because nothing compares, nothing compares to you. Again, it, it's you can't do any better than that. Like you know exactly what she's saying and you know exactly how she's feeling. What else did I like about this? Uh, it, she's very dramatic. All the flowers that you planted, Mama, in the backyard all died when you went away. Oh my God. I know that living with you, baby, was sometimes hard, but I'm willing to give it another try. She's so dramatic, so relatable, right? Like she'll just like throw her entire life away just so she can do it all over again, even if it doesn't work and it probably won't. Can I just yeah. say, yeah. you mentioned you mentioned the first line of the song and just yeah. how it pulls you in. That is an amazing first line to a song for sure, yeah. top tier. And it's, again, it's that pin game from Prince. He's got so many songs like this where that first line mm-hmm. is just like, wait, what? What's mm-hmm. happening? Where am I going? Where am I being transported to? <laughs> mm-hmm. And this song is like a great example. He does that a lot with the time too. Like Manic Monday is like <laughs> six o'clock right. already and I'm just in the middle of a dream. Like he wrote that too, yeah. so... Yeah, he was doing the yeah. time thing. And this yeah. is like, yeah, so, you know, written by Prince, but also like, I mean, Prince, a legend, obviously we know this, but like, I'm not sure in my head. I think that like, he wouldn't have been able to do it better than Sinead O'Connor. I think Ooh. like what she did with it was just perfect. Yeah. I don't know. What, what Dems, do you think? Dims is fighting words, <laughs> therapy, Jeff. <laughs> <laughs> the audacity. I think she made it her own. No, I agree. I think she made this song her no, own. No, Natalie's not having nah. it. It's a it's a good cover, but no. <laughs> not having it. But, it. but she did. But I, for me, you won't find this in. Sorry, you will not find this in my top five love songs. It's too sad. Um. Yeah. I mean, I guess this like says a lot about us, the songs that we choose, Maybe. that we think, you know, and, yeah. and, you know, like love is pain, pain is love. Um, but I, I think for yeah. me that like, I love a love song where like they are yearning for you. Um, and that's, you can see that in the pics so far is that like, there's a yearning. I really need you. I want you. I'm being a little creepy about it. I'm overdramatic. Um, <laughs> And I think that nothing compares to you, really. And it, and it's her voice. It's the the way it starts, which like her like her voice is so centered. Um, yeah, yeah, it's a great love song. If we we're going to say that like these songs, this one and the creepy one from Dave Matthews Band, David Matthews. This is a red flag. <laughs> if these are somebody's top favorite, yeah, this is a red flag. This is definitely a red flag. Yeah. <laughs> this is the therapy you know portion of the conversation. Yeah. Right? Uh huh. And everybody yeah. has a red flag or two. It's okay. Uh, you're just, it's, it's important right. to know yeah. what they are. And I know that for me, these are definitely it. Okay. So this next song, uh, I think we would probably all agree it's a great love song, but it's a little bit more special for me because like, I don't know if this is happening nowadays with the kids or in any relationship, but like back in the 90s, 
especially so. I felt like when you're in a relationship, you'd also have a song together. This is our song. This is our song, right? And so this song was one of my songs, was the song for like one of my favorite romantic relationships with Marissa. I was with Marissa for three years. We both loved the song. It's a very popular song, but of course we thought we like, we made it our own. And it is none other than Foo Fighters Everlong. Do you remember yes. Everlong? So good. Yes. Oh, yeah. But even more specifically, uh, the acoustic version of Everlong was, I think, an even more romantic uh, version of it. And Dave Grohl has like famously said that the the song Everlong was like the song that finally like got the Foo Fighters the attention that they wanted slash deserved and like put them over the top. And so I also love that it's like, you know, a very special song for Dave Grohl and the Foo Fighters. But some of the some of the lyrics, if everything could ever feel this real forever, if anything could ever be this good again, the only thing I'll ever ask of you is you gotta promise not to stop when I say when. There's not a lot of lyrics, I feel like, in this song. It's like that chorus repeated a lot, but the you gotta promise not to stop when I say when. There's something like that works for me so well. And I don't think that's like, I think you can interpret that as like a sex thing. <laughs> like keep having sex with me or do this like sexy thing. Even like, even if I say no, just keep on doing it. But I think it's more of like a, just sort of like a rush of relationship dopamine. Like keep loving mm-hmm. me and I'll love you. And you got to promise not to stop when I say when, because I just like, I want it all. And, but it also feels like their love is the, the love is like spinning out of control and it's overwhelming him. And this song was written in one of his lowest points in life uh, after his divorce. And he was like sleeping on the floor in a sleeping bag and he had just found a new love. And he was just like, so it also it was written in this way of like, I think he's avoiding his grief from his divorce (laughs) and he's Mm -hmm. rebounding and all of a sudden feeling love like he felt before. And I was like, oh, please don't stop because I want to avoid the grief of my divorce sort of thing, which I also feel Mm -hmm. like is really relatable. I want to get caught up in this love that might be a rebound relationship because I don't want to process my sad feelings, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So I love Everlong. And that relationship was with Louise Post from Veruca Mm. Salt who sings backup Mm. on this song, which I think was recorded through a telephone. Oh, really? Hmm. Yeah. That's really cool. I don't know if that's true. I read that somewhere, but I hope I hope it's that's true, true too. Um, and then the lyric of breathe out so I can breathe you in is super sexy. It's super sexy, yeah. super hot. Even the way that he delivers it is really is really hot. Yeah, Dave, do you think Dave Grohl is hot? Is he like a sex, was he a sex symbol? Is he just like a funny looking man to you? He wasn't my type, but I wouldn't. <laughs> say he's like ugly or weird looking no, or I wouldn't, anything. wouldn't kick I him know. out of bed. <laughs> he has such an amazing yeah. personality that it, you just become yeah. hot, you know? I That's mean, he's true. great. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. it's funny that you mentioned that line, you've got to promise not to stop when I say when. You're, you're totally right. I think I've just been misinterpreting it wrong this whole time. <laughs> Maybe just because I'm dark and twisty. <laughs> but I always took it as like, you know, there's some times when you feel unlovable. Mm. You're like, you have so much self-loathing that you're just like, ugh. You're kind of like, oh, don't bother. You know what I mean? And just mm. kind of telling that person, even in my 
And even in those moments when I don't know how to love myself, like just keep piling it on, you know? Mm. That's probably not what he meant, no, but that's how I took I like it. That. I just thought it was a really deep line. Yeah. 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 Also, pivotal moment for this, and not pivotal moment, but it feels like maybe it is a big cultural moment, is when they used a classical version of this song in the Friends episode <sighs> where... Who's, there's a wedding. Who, who gets married? It was like a big wedding. I forget who it was. Is it Chandler and Monica? I think it was Chandler. Was it Chandler yeah. and Monica? And they, yeah. And they used Everlong, like the coming down the aisle, cello and violin playing. Oh, wow. It was Everlong. Uh-huh. Yeah. Deep cut. <laughs> that is a deep cut. I remember that now. Oh, that's so cute. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay. My number one song uh, that... What? That everyone will agree with, I'm sure. But also, like every song on this list, I have a special relationship with it. Um, it is Oasis's Wonderwall. I don't believe that anybody feels the way I do about you now. Yes. Do you remember Wonderwall? How can you not remember Wonderwall? Am I right? It's like one of the most played songs on Spotify, right? I don't know. It should be, though. The chorus, I don't believe that anybody feels the way I do about you now. Just, you know, knocked it out of the park with that. All the roads uh, we have to walk are winding. All the lights that lead us there are blinding. There are many things that I would like to say to you, but I don't know how. Feels very relatable. Of like, just like being so in love with somebody, but not knowing how to express it. And all the, you know, like it's the story, you know, the, all the roads we have to walk are winding, the lights are leading us there are blinding. Like it, it, to me, I don't, I don't know what that means. And I don't think I, that like Noel Gallagher knows what that means, but the way that I like interpreted it was like, we can kind of like tell this story of like all the roads were like leading me to you. Uh, and all the lights were sort of like blinding because I was so overwhelmed by this love. And there, there, it's funny. Cause like whenever there was this one, you know, there's a few documentaries on Oasis and they asked Noel about Champagne Supernova, that song. And I think there's like a lyric in the song of like, I'm walking down the hall faster than a cannonball or slower than a can or something. And they're like, what does that lyric mean? He's like, what does that lyric mean? I don't know what the fucking lyric means. He's just like, I just write words that sound good together. You know, he's like very dismissive of his lyrics a lot of the time because he's just like, I'm just a, like a yeah. rock and roll star. I just like write what sounds good. And especially this, like this album, uh, what's the story? Morning Glory. There's they like half wrote almost like all of the songs, and they just repeated them. They just like wrote half the song and then just like said the same lyrics again for the second verse and the third verse. You know, like there's not much to it. But I think that sort of like leads to its like simplicity and catchiness. And the other lyrics of because maybe you're going to be the one that saves me. And after all, you're my wonder wall. And also like in the 90s, I didn't know what the fuck the like a wonder wall was. I still don't know what wonder wall is or means. I think he's talked about it, but it was just like it's a great. It's a great word, uh, and so it sort of works. But this, uh, this is maybe like TMI. So whatever. I remember when I like heard this song, I was like, "This is my song. I love this song. This is such an important song to me that I'm going to do my very best to make sure that it's playing the first time I have sex." Uh, <laughs> Good for you. Yes, and and I would tell that to any girlfriend that I got if I had the potential of like maybe we're going to have sex. I was like, "This is what's." going to happen. If we do sex, 
I'm playing this fucking song and they're like, do whatever you got to do, guy. I like, I don't even, <laughs> uh, until I finally. I love the, how intentional it is. Yeah. It's so good. Yeah. <laughs> so intentional. And then I met Emily and I was like totally head over heels for Emily. And I told her, this is the song that I'm going to have sex to for the first time. She was like, play it, babe. And we played it. And, uh, <laughs> before sex was over, I almost got all the way to the chorus before the sex was over. <laughs> um, <laughs> <laughs> but I remember it playing. That's yeah. And uh, that's why it's an extra special song for me. Mission accomplished. Exactly. <laughs> what a love song. Oh, wow, that's got to be the biggest accolade for, for Noel Gallagher. <laughs> you should right. be most proud of that. Yeah. Right. Also, the fact that you're willing to tell the story means that it was probably not such a traumatic relationship or toxic <laughs> relationship that you would ever want to forget this <laughs> thing ever happened to you and never want to hear this song again. So that's yeah. good, I it guess. Was, it was good. Yeah. It was a good, like, quick. A high school relationship. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I love it. I love it. Yeah. I love Oasis because I don't, well, they're kind of assholes, sure. but I also just love this like big rock and roll energy that they have, <laughs> that like ballsy cockiness. Mm-hmm. But Noel Gallagher is such a great songwriter and his most recent album uh, was my number one album from 2023. It's so really? good. You should check it out because it does have that same Wonderwall mm. feel. There's a song called Easy Now. Mm-hmm. And I think Liam's was like, I don't know how such a twat could write a song this amazing, <laughs> but it's such a good song. Mm. Yeah, check it, check it out. Thank you. But this is a great choice Think. for number one yeah. song. That was fun. Love it. Great. Wow. That was a fun list. Yeah, thanks. Yeah. Some good memories. I wanted to ask you, I know you were doing a podcast before. We're not doing a podcast now. We're in a record store. <laughs> right. But you have a new podcast out, Yeah, right? I was doing a podcast called um, This Changes Everything with my friend Sarah. And I recently left that podcast to start a new podcast called Big Dating Energy, which is the same name as my book. So it's kind of like a companion podcast. And I'm trying to figure out what the format is going to be. I'm like interviewing some comedians and some journalists and some other like therapist content creators about different stuff. Like the first episode I had one of my favorite comedians, Kat Cohen, on there and we like answered relationship questions together. The second one I was interviewing uh, someone who's been a bachelorette because I was like, I'm a big Bachelor fan. And I was just like, what the fuck is that show all about? Like, tell me about all of like the ins and outs. Like, is it real? Are the producers like getting you drunk the whole time? Should I be concerned? Is there a therapist on staff? And so lots of, <laughs> so I'm there? trying to figure out exactly what the format is, but whatever it is, is really fun. And it has to do with like relationships and, and dating. And then I'm launching another podcast that uh, mm-hmm. is coming out in February called Problem Solve, where um, callers call in and tell me what their problem is, like usually a relationship problem, and I give them advice and then they go do that advice and then call back a week later to tell me how wonderful that advice was. That's awesome. Yeah, so it's a classic, you know, call-in show, but we actually get to find out if the advice was any good or not. That's good. Yeah, I'm always needing the part two. Yeah, I know, right? We want to know what happens. So Problem Solved and Big Dating Energy is where you can find me. Mm -hmm. I love it. Perfect. Natalie? I'm going to do my top five now. I just want you to know this was very stressful for me. I'm very irritated by the topic. It's an impossible task because the 90s were just so incredible for love songs of all genres. I struggled. So my solution, um, you know, with all of the Mylanta I've been slamming, agonizing over this, I'm just going to put all the contenders into a hat and then draw five. We're just going to roll with it. How's that sound? That sounds great. It's cheaty, whatever. Okay. Number five, More Than Words by Extreme. More Than Words. 
Love it. <laughs> wow. Right? Uh, yeah. So 1990 is, is where the band just has the guitarist Nuno Betancourt and singer Gary Sharon breaking it down, doing this sweet little acoustic number. The song actually almost didn't get released because A&M didn't think it would get any radio play since all the bands what? at the time were doing like these huge power ballads, you know, and it was a lot of drama. Betancourt actually quit over the issue, but they ironed it out, released the song, and it hit number one on the Billboard smash international hit. Duh. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Right, duh. Um, Yeah, I love the song. I love the video. I thought the two guys were super dreamy, and uh, I just think it's a sweet song. Now, if you listen to the lyrics, though, it's not really a love song. It's kind of like they're fussing about how overused the phrase, I love you, can become to the point where it just feels sort of empty and you have to follow through with some action. Mm-hmm. And I've read some people who reject the song and hate it have said that it's just like a passive aggressive guilt tripping demand for more sex, which, you know, is valid criticism. I guess I guess I can kind of see it, but <laughs> I think the way it was packaged is just so soft and sweet and like such a departure from their glam metal roots that, I don't know, it just hits me like a sweet lullaby and I... I love it forever. Well, is it? I mean, yes. I think it's like sweet. It's got that sweet lullaby thing. It slows down a little bit. I don't know if you feel this way, but it also like, it feels horny. <laughs> Did you, <laughs> oh, do you pick up horny. on that? <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, like it's sort of like a, this song fucks, even though like it it's slow, <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, and I really respect that. You're totally right. I see that now. It was 1990. I was in single digits. So it's just going to be like crystallized as a really sweet love song. Got it, got it, got it. Sorry. (laughs) Because that wouldn't have been in my vocabulary yet. But yeah, I can see the fuckery now. Yeah, yeah. It is really sweet though, because he's like, you don't have to tell me because I'd already know that you love me. But I will say that like, yes, saying I love you in my relationship has become kind of like a habit. But at the same time, if I didn't get it, then I would be maybe a little paranoid or like Mm -hmm. wondering why didn't you say it? Yeah. Do you still love me? (laughs) Yeah, exactly. And you know, it's, uh, you have to like back up your words with something, right? And you you know, like you're saying, like sometimes love is, uh, you say it over and over again and you sort of like forget about it. And this is a good reminder that like love is an action. All right, so my number four pick is Weak by SWV. Ooh. Guys familiar with this one? Oh, yeah. Everyone in the world is familiar with this one, I think. Yeah. This was a huge, huge song. Um, It came out in 92 on their debut album, It's About Time. And the song was written, the writer actually was inspired by his crush on singer Shantae Moore, which makes total sense because Shantae Moore, absolutely gorgeous. Everyone loved her in the 90s. Um, It was originally written for the legendary Charlie Wilson, former lead vocalist for the Gap Band. And um, he turned it down. So the song was given to SWV. And the crazy part is Coco, one of the singers, she was not feeling the song and like had a stank attitude all through recording. But um. There's egg on her face because it, it topped the Billboard Hot 100. It went platinum, and it's one of their biggest hits. Mm-hmm. Yeah, unforgettable hit. Yeah, yeah. I think so this good. has one of the catchiest hooks I've ever heard, and I think that's no small feat considering just how wordy 
it is, you know, but just something about it. It just sits so perfectly on the rhythm. The backing vocals and harmonies are just beautiful. Coco doing her killer runs that my friends and I consistently butchered in school, <laughs> trying to sing along. I just have such good memories of this song. Have you seen Have you seen anyone successfully karaoke this song? I've seen people no. attempt yeah. to karaoke this song. <laughs> yeah. I've seen attempts as well, but I've never seen anybody actually pull it off. And it's funny, I think that like you might think that it's like sort of a an easy sing-songy one to do until you actually try to sing it. Yeah, with all those lyrics and but it's that it's the it's definitely the catchy chorus. And I, and 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 it's one of those songs that sort of like whatever type of music or genre you're into, you all stop and listen to this one because it's just so good in so many ways. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's the power of great songwriting. Mhm. It's true. All right, my number three pick, shuffle the hat around a bit. <laughs> we have Desiree kissing you. From the Romeo and Juliet soundtrack from 1996. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. I love the song so much. I love the song too. Yeah. I can't stand it. It was produced by Nellie Hooper, which I did not oh. realize. Yeah, it's Desiree actually performs the song in the movie. So it's it's that scene where right. the two leads see each other for the first time through the fish tank. <laughs> Ugh, it's so dreamy. I love it. Yeah, this was the so that that movie. That's the only way that I can like take Shakespeare. Like, the, like <laughs> it, it has to be set to like one of the best '90s soundtracks ever. And little mm-hmm. Leo and Claire need to be acting it out. Yeah, you sort of like you forget that it's Shakespeare when you're watching the movie. But the mm-hmm. the soundtrack is such an important part of the movie. There's like a song playing like throughout the whole movie, basically. Mm-hmm. And this one just sort of like as it, as it does in the scene of the movie like it, it stops you in your tracks every note every sound you know it's just it really like it goes through your soul you know it's so extra it's doing mm-hmm. the most <laughs> the moody piano the the big you know orchestral strings mm. and then Desiree she's got that really intense rich soulful voice I'm telling you there was a, a, a long period of time where I could not listen to the song without just ugly crying mm. just puffy eyes not the, the full nine yards it just it, it did the most mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't like know like Claire Danes in that one scene in this movie <laughs> in the tomb <laughs> I feel like I don't oh, want to yeah. spoil it. Uh, you can in spoil. Case someone I mean, hasn't seen it, but like it's, it's, a it's bit Shakespeare. Late. Yeah. It's Romeo and Juliet. Yeah, right. Like everyone. <laughs> knows, yeah, but like Claire Danes totally ugly cries in the movie, and it is. I love actually, her so much. Yeah, and Claire Danes yeah. is ugly cries in everything she's in, and she should because she's amazing at it. Like that's true. She right? is just so dramatic. <laughs> <laughs> she's got that uh, little cleft chin and it just like shivers uh, when she's crying and that gets me every oh, time yeah yeah, yeah. there Such definitely should have been more than one season of my so-called life I, I worshipped that show I, I loved that show so much uh, yeah yeah. but this song just so totally good. captures the the pleasure and the pain of being in love like when you're so into somebody that it you actually feel sick to your stomach 
Mm-hmm. You know, that's just mm-hmm. what it was like being a teenager. Mm-hmm. It was perfect. Yeah. Yeah. And hopefully, you know, that feeling stays in your teenage years, (laughs) but, uh, that real like lovesick feeling, but like every now and then you can get close to it and, you know, I sort of miss it, but I also like remember feeling really tortured by it. So I'm glad that it's not something that hijacks my whole system anymore. Oh yeah. Yeah. I I can think fondly of it, but I don't miss it. (laughs) It was rough feeling that way. I am so glad social media wasn't a thing when I was a teenager because I feel like that would have just made everything just so much worse. Mm -hmm. Terrible. Mm -hmm. For sure. All right. Number two is Beauty by Drew Hill, specifically the remix. This one. Mm-mm. You don't know this one. Okay, you have to look this one up. It's a bit elusive. I, I so Drew Hill, they always put out remixes that are better than the originals, but this particular one, I don't know where it came from. I don't know where to find it. I feel like it was only on the radio. So it came out in let's see, 98 was their second album, Enter the Drew. And the song is just just high school. It represents high school for me. It's about having this crush, this person that you see walking up and down the hall every day on the way to English or something. And you just like, you want to talk to them, but you don't know how, and you don't want somebody else to get to them first. You know, this is also like the quintessential quiet storm song for me. It's just got that smooth, really romantic flow, indicative of like late night R&B radio shows, you know? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm telling you, you put this song on, it's like time to slow dance. We're not leaving any room for Jesus. Turn on the black light. Let's let's get grinding. Yeah. Yeah. It's my jam. It seems like a sick sex song maybe yeah it is it's a pregame song for sure i I, yeah i grew up in la and i do not remember hearing this song on any of the radio stations so i missed it too for some reason yeah that's really weird i've I've seen that like in reddit threads like some people just completely missed out on this song altogether Hmm. so i don't know if sleeper hit i don't think that's quite the right term but it still blew up just off of the limited radio play that it got and it is still considered one of Drew Hill's best songs. Yeah, it's funny because like I, I feel like it's more rare that like when we're talking about the '90s that like if 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 a song was a hit almost in any genre, we heard everyone heard it because there was sort of like the '90s was like the mono culture where there was just like mm-hmm. if it was a right. hit, it was on MTV or it was in Rolling Stone right. or it was playing across mm-hmm. the radio, and we all it, it was like it was a hit to everybody. But now there is yeah. no mono culture right and there's all these separate like cultures that are like harder to get and to find and so and and which makes it harder for a band to write a really big hit and for like an artist to become like the thing like there's only so many Taylor Swift's and Olivia Rodrigo or Beyonce's you know but like back in the 90s it was like one after the other after the other after the other after the other because we all were in the same we're all watching MTV together Mm -hmm. so it's funny when you talk about a song and I missed it <laughs> because like the local radio <laughs> station actually didn't play it when usually they all played the same thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's very it's rare. True. They, mm-hmm. I know they filmed a music video for this song, but I don't think it was released. It was some legal kerfuffle or whatever. <laughs> but in spite of that, it still it still transcended and blew up for them. One of their big hits. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that's what was so great about the '90s with MTV. Basically mm-hmm. raised me. Mm-hmm. We were just so yeah. We were so culturally fed when it came to music. Everybody it's liked true. a little bit of everything. 
Yeah, that's why I think that the 90s were the best era for music, best decade for music, because electronic music, you had house music on 90s radio, which they don't really do mm. anymore, unless it is like Beyonce. And then, uh, let's see, country music, Garth Brooks, mm-hmm. the Dixie mm-hmm. Chicks, Shania Twain. I mean, it was having a whole moment. Jazz even. Uh, we had Kenny G on the radio, <laughs> Candy Dulfer. Man, it was just like, name a genre, It went, we all knew something yeah. about it. But now it's like you have to really seek out those different mm-hmm. genres specifically. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We were lucky. We were very lucky. All right, so number one, uh, Mariah Carey. I really could just end there. Just insert ballad, okay, by Mariah Carey. Because she was on a tear in the 90s, I'm telling you. Every single album had some incredible love ballad. She just did not miss. But this particular one that I've drawn from my trusty hat is All I've Ever Wanted from her 1993 Music Box album. masterpiece. I love it. One of the sweetest, like pure, innocent love songs I've ever heard, you know? Mm. Yeah. Yeah. This one I'm not as familiar with. There is, yeah, (laughs) (laughs) there's, I think, I mean, there's, but, but I think you're right. Like everything, everything that she does, everything, every like uh, song that she sang was just like, she has like one of the most like amazing, iconic voices that sort of defined like a lot of the 90s because she was just, she hit it out of the ballpark every single time. I think this song is one of the mini snapshots of her voice in its peak condition. Mm. Like when she hits the climax of the song, it is so powerful. She doesn't let up until the end. I'm like, where is Sister Girl even breathing? I have this thought plenty of times when I listen to her music. Where are you breathing? Are your lungs made of Kevlar? How are you doing this? Um, just she's not breathing. She's not real, <sighs> dude. Top tier vocals, painfully relatable lyrics. Like people don't talk about Mariah Carey's pin game enough. She she writes such such beautiful, relate relatable, poetic songs. Pop perfection every time. She even wrote a secret rock album. <laughs> Tara, Tara's on the case. You love this cassette, don't you? Yeah. The CD. Oh, this CD. Yeah. I mean, I love it. It's called Chick. In case you don't know, look it up. You definitely won't find it on eBay at an affordable cost. <laughs> Have you guys seen that video of Mariah Carey doing her like her high C or whatever note that is? Her whistle, yeah. Next to a dolphin and the dolphin like freaks out. <laughs> like, oh my God, she can speak my language. Right, oh my God, are we cousins? Yeah, it's cute. Yeah. It's a cute it's crazy. video. This song though, you want to talk about the ascent into my boy crazy era. Mm-hmm. I played the CD down to its filaments, literally. I can only imagine how silly I looked in the library with my Walkman on staring at my crush who was like going through the card catalog, you know, shout out to the Dewey Decimal System. Um, <laughs> Yeah, she she was the soundtrack of my life during my boy crazy phase. Do we still use the Dewey Decimal System? Is that still a thing in libraries? Yeah, I think so. Is it? Are you serious? It's just digitized. <laughs> it's digital. Now. All that doesn't count, man. You got to get the cards. Ugh, you got to pull the card out. Card. I never down. understood that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but that's how they know where to put the actual books in the pl- in the. It's still library, categorized. You know? It's still yeah. okay, but. Yeah, you can just ask a computer to it's tell you exactly same. where it is. Yeah, exactly. I kind of miss that. I miss the physicality of the card and like your name and the date. Yeah, right. and it felt so official when they slid it in the front for you. I'm like, okay, you got two weeks, man. Make it happen. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> anyway, memories. 
I'm most successful with a deadline attached to things also. So yeah. that set me up for right? success. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> uh, good pick. Uh, Mariah Carey Unplugged was my first CD. So That's a good one. And also I feel like semi-recently put on, what is that one rec- record? Vision of Love, whatever that mm-hmm. one is. Mm-hmm. And I somehow knew every single word still to this day. And I haven't really listened to it since I was probably like 10 years old or however, I don't know how when that came out. But it's like, I can't even remember what happened yesterday, but I can remember all of these mm-hmm. words. They're, they're like- Tara, yeah. I'm convinced that Mariah Carey's 90s discography is some kind of MK Ultra program because <laughs> you could put any record of hers on any track, drop it in the middle. I'm going to start singing. I'm going to know every ad lib, every inflection. <laughs> it's creepy. <laughs> It is creepy. Right? Yeah, that is kind of creepy. Is there any other like artist or song or album that you can do that with? Whitney. Bjork. Ooh, Bjork, yeah. Bjork. Also Whitney. <laughs> Whitney. Like, wow. We're on the same wavelength. Impressive. Yeah, Whitney and Bjork. Huh. Yeah. Uh, Wu-Tang Clan. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> Maybe like one album. That's out of my wheelhouse. All right, well, that's my list. Nice, good one. Oh, so good. Agonizing. Yeah, so good. Yeah. I know we switched up order a little bit, but man, I can't wait to tell you guys my yeah, list. Yeah, let's hear it. All right, hit it. There is not overlap, but there kind of is. Okay. That's a little bit of a spoiler. And you know me, I love the 90s. I love grunge. I love alternatives. So that is kind of how I narrowed my list down because yes, there are way too many. And even within that genre itself. And I narrowed it down to like 12 or so and then pulled my top five from Mm -hmm. that list. So we do have a good little chunk of honorable mentions. Oh, yeah. I have those too. All right. Starting with number five from the best soundtrack of the 90s, according to Therapy (laughs) Jeff, it's the Wannadies with the You and Me song. It's Cute. so fun. Yeah. And I feel like most of my songs on this list are that kind of just like, ah, I'm so in love. I'm walking on a cloud feeling. It, it's so fun. It's you and me always, forever. This is sung by Swedish band The Wannadies. They were originally released as a single in November 1994. But because of the big success they got from putting it on the soundtrack of the Romeo and Juliet movie in 1996, they re-released it on their next record. And it peaked at number 18 in the UK, which is awesome. And of course, it's their biggest hit. I like how he says, you know, always when we fight, I kiss you once or twice and everything's forgotten. I know you hate that. It's kind of just like this relationship is so strong and the love is so timeless and and they're so committed that like you can see it even from their actions and their words. It's 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 so cute. Like, I love you. I know you hate this, but we love each other and everything is great. You know? (laughs) Yeah, that Romeo and Juliet soundtrack produced a lot of great love songs, actually. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. And I'm going to have to go back and check it out because I don't quite remember that soundtrack so well. That, that This is a great I mean, song. That song is very 90s, too. It's so <laughs> 90s. Uh-huh. And Love Fool is on it, oh, too. God, but yeah. I was oh, just yeah. thinking Love Fool is kind of like pleading. Mm-hmm. For me, is not the vibe I was looking for. It's like too pleading. Like, say that you love me, please. Right, you know? right, right. Yeah. That song, this one is just very pure, very pure, yeah. purely love song. Um, uh, would you say that yeah. it's like it borders on like twee a little bit? Like, is that 
For sure. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I would say it's a little twee. Yeah. yeah. Which is which is great for a love song. And also just yeah. any song in general. I love twee. I'm into it. The cute little moments in the relationship and just celebrating those mm-hmm. moments. You can't forget the good times, mm-hmm. even if they are small. They're trivial, but we can't forget about the trivial things because that's what makes the entire relationship, not just those big, important events. Right. The trivial moments matter too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hmm. I like the little Bossa Nova beat too. Bossa Nova always feels lighthearted and romantic to me just instantly. Yeah, totally. All right. Next up, number four, we have someone who I talk about maybe way too much in the store. You know, I love Evan Dando so much, but it's the Lemonheads with Into Your Arms. Oh. I know. But yeah, Into Your Arms is actually a cover song originally done by this Australian duo called The Love Positions, and it was written in 1989. But that band consisted of Robin St. Clair, who actually wrote the song, and Nick Dalton. But in 1992, Nick Dalton joined the Lemonheads, and they covered it on their sixth studio album, Come On, Feel the Lemonheads, which was released in 1993. It was released as the album's lead single and it reached number one on the U.S. Billboard's Modern Rock Tracks chart. Mm. And it stayed on the chart for nine weeks straight, which at the time they shared that record of that length of time being on number one in the Modern Rock Charts with U2. Um, So yeah, go Evan. (laughs) And yeah, just love the message of this one. I know a place where I can go when I'm alone into your arms. Also, I know a place that's safe and warm from the crowd into your arms. And if I should fall, I know I won't be alone, be alone anymore. It's just, you know, that lovely feeling of being with someone who's like your home. He's, they're your safety net, your, your comfort zone. I love that. You know what, Tara? What? I have always loved the song. This is I like the Lemonhead song that really took root in my, in my memory Yay! when I was young. Yeah, this is a great song. Huh. I always thought that the Lemonheads were too cool for me. I don't know what it was. Well, I know. I like totally missed out on the Lemonheads because I was like, I don't know, this is some like hipster, cool people shit that I just like, uh, it was, it felt like not accessible when really it was very accessible if I wanted it to be. So accessible. Yeah, it's yeah. really easy to like the Lemonheads. Um, but for yeah. some in the 90s, I was like intimidated by them. I don't know why. Aww. I know. That's hmm. sad. Right? Yeah, they are very, it's it's pop rock right. in a sense. It's They cover Mrs. Robinson. Yeah. Actually, Evan Nando by himself covers, well, I think he still calls himself the Lemonheads when he covers these, but he does a lot of cover songs and he even covered Christina Aguilera's Beautiful oh, really? on one of oh, those really? covers albums. Huh. Oh, yeah, check it out. And the beat goes on. He covers that one. Oh, and um, also, I think, can't remember if this is like early 90s or late 80s. He covers Luca by Suzanne Vega. Oh, hmm. yeah. Interesting. Wow. Yeah, I'll he, check it out. He's wonderful. Also, there's a YouTube of him covering Damn, I Wish I Was Your Lover. <laughs> nice. I love his covers. <laughs> the man is busy. Yeah. The man is busy with covers. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Speaking of, they actually did just release a new cover song, and it's a song by the Vaseline singer, who I forget their name, but check it out. Brand new. 2024. Brand spanking new. All right. Number three is also probably a band that I talk about way too much in this store, because they are 
probably one of my number one absolute favorite bands of all time. And I even have their band name tattooed on my body, which is maybe a little regrettable <laughs> when I get older. <laughs> but it's Sonic Youth with the song Cotton Crown. <laughs> okay. All right. So I'm kind of cheating with this one because it actually came out on their 1987 album, Sister, but like I had to include it. I had to. They are a pivotal 90s band and there were others I could have chosen, but like this one has such sweet lyrics and it's the first time that Kim and Thurston duet and they were a power couple in the 90s, but also he cheated on her later in life and now we're kind of, we're mad at Thurston. We're mad at Thurston, but he did just put out a really good book, which I loved. And I hated myself that I loved it so much, but it was so good. So the lyrics, love has come to stay in all the way. It's going to stay forever and every day. It feels like a wish coming true. It feels like an angel dreaming of you. Those are sweet lyrics. It is pretty sweet. What is a cotton crown? What does <laughs> that know. mean to you? I don't know what that is. I don't know. <laughs> Clouds. Are they high? <laughs> is this a drug song? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't know this song. Yeah, I totally missed this song in the 90s. That's great. Definitely, this one's more of an, a deep cut. Deeper cut, yeah. for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but it seems like, you know, so far there's a theme where you're picking like very sweet songs that are about love. Um, yeah. And there's no like, you know, broken hearts or yearning like in a, and also like no songs that you, you might not put these songs on like a sex playlist. <laughs> But these these are like nostalgic, lovely, sweet, you know, yeah. heart songs. Yeah, so far. definitely. Mm-hmm. That is kind of what I was going for. Bebe definitely wanted to uh, capture this like happy mm. love feeling, mm-hmm. you know, when you are in a secure relationship or when you find someone new and you're excited about it and you're walking on clouds. Mm. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's definitely the thing. It's here, working. I think. Awesome. All right, so number two is The Cure, Friday I'm in Love. This is the second single from their ninth studio album, Wish, from 1992. And it became one of their most successful songs, like nine albums later, and it's like one of the most popular Cure songs ever. Um, and it reached the top 40 in seven different countries, which is so awesome. I love how it's just kind of like, you know, the whole week can be blah. And then Friday you get to see your love and it's like, yes, finally. Woo. Let's hang out. Yeah. Monday, you can hold your head. Tuesday, Wednesday, stay in bed. Or Thursday, watch the walls instead. <laughs> but it's Friday. I'm in love. <laughs> I love that. Robert Smith has said something about this song. He says, it's a really good chord progression. I couldn't believe anyone else had used it. And I asked so many people at the time. He kept thinking, I must have stolen this from somewhere. I couldn't have made this up. It's just too good. And he went (laughs) on a mission to find out like, if he accidentally stole this song from someone else. And he said, I asked everyone I knew. I'd phone people up and sing it and go, have you heard this before? What's it called? And they'd go, no, no, I've never heard it. And on the same album, there were songs which I'd slaved over. And I thought at the time they were infinitely better. But Friday is probably the song of the Wish album. That's the song, he says. (laughs) So... I don't know. It's like gushing, happy, excited over the moon. Mm-hmm. New crush, love. Yay, finally get to see them. It's Friday. I'm in love. Yeah. Can't get enough enough of this stuff. It's Friday. I'm in love. 
It's great lyrics. It's such a such a fun song. I think I yeah. when I was let's see, so it came out in ninety two, so I was eleven. I think for a while I thought it was about like the days of the week and which days <laughs> he loved the most. <laughs> oh yeah. Which maybe is well, part that of works it. Too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Uh, but, and I also love a song that names the days of the week. Um, yeah. yeah. But yeah, it is very sweet, incredibly catchy. Yeah. Yeah. There's, there's, yeah, nothing wrong with this. Like no notes on this song. That's so good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There is a, a, maybe one slight creepy element to it. Oh, what's that? Oh, what is that? It's such a gorgeous sight to see you eat in the middle of the night. <laughs> I mean, it depends oh, how you take that or what, what you want to do with it. Although I'm not sure there's... What is he? I mean, is he like spying on you while you're eating? Is, is it like a metaphor you- for something else <laughs> that you're eating? Are you on Ambien? What's going on? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't know. But yeah, you could take that anyway. But also it's like, I just think you're so cute. Even when you're eating late night snacks, like you're just the cutest. <laughs> That is pretty sweet. That's the kind of love you want. (laughs) Exactly. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Again, that's a bop. Yeah. Very sing-songy and makes you happy. Mm -hmm. Good pick. Okay. Well, for number one, I'm going to take a total left turn. And really, I think you're going to be satisfied with this one, Jeff. It's Mazzy Star, Fade Into You. This one was like the first song I thought of for doing a 90s love song thing. Mm -hmm. But like it doesn't have the same love happy vibes as the rest of the songs Mm -hmm. for sure. No, it's very vibey. It's very vibey and almost like could be potentially sad. Yeah. Is it is it not sad? Is it about? I think it's sad, kind of. <laughs> yeah. But okay, okay. We'll, we'll go okay. there. We'll explore. It's from their second studio album, So Tonight That I Might See, 1993. And like I said, I put this one at the top because it's like the first one I thought of. But it could mean either that she sees more in her love than they see in themselves. When she says, I look to you, I see nothing. I look to you, I see the truth. But then again, when she says, fade into you, it seems like maybe she's become so obsessed that she's sort of lost herself in this other person. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure. That's how I took it, is that she's lost herself in this person and and she's lost and she's like helpless or powerless over it, you know. But I, I don't yeah. think I've ever really like thought about these lyrics because it's so vibey and it's 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 the mood. It's like the, <laughs> it's just it's such a feeling song. Yeah. Um. Yeah. And the lyrics go along with it, but it's there's it's it's a real experience, and I haven't really like dissected it before. Uh. But like, oh god, it just it's really nostalgic. It takes you back. Everything sort of slows down. It's really beautiful. Mm-hmm. There's so many ways you could look at this song. Because in, in another way, you could look at it, and she says, "I look to you." And I see nothing. I look to you to see the truth. Mm-hmm. You live your life, you go in shadows. Like maybe the truth is also this realization that she can't look to someone else to make her happy. Mm-hmm. Or it's her just revealing to her crush that she likes him. Because there's that part where she says, I think it's strange you never knew. Mm-hmm. And like when I look into your eyes, I see nothing. Is like, can't you tell I'm like crazy about you over here? Mm-hmm. 
you can't see the truth. It's weird that you didn't, it's weird that you don't know this. Like I'm so obvious about it. Yeah. And I feel like there, she's tortured about it. Like there's like a tortured sort of feel. Yeah. Yeah. But it's also got like a lullaby sort of feeling to it. Yeah, Yeah. definitely. Uh Mazzy Starr is the soporific queen for sure. I'm shocked y'all even zeroed in on lyrics. I think, (laughs) I think I missed the Mazzy Starr train because like this, this time in the nineties, I was deep into my techno bag. Oh yeah. And so this was just way too sleepy for me. Like the first time I heard her was on um, the Batman Returns soundtrack, another amazing soundtrack. Mm. And she had a song on there, Tell Me Now. And I'm like, I can't hear anything she's saying. And it was just like, <sighs> I couldn't That's hang so with it. Funny. But I, I thought she had a cool sound. I just I just really didn't give it a chance. Maybe I should, Um, I don't know. Are you a Mazzy Star fan or is this like just the song? Because yeah. I knew this song, but I didn't I like delve into other Holla. stuff. Give you my loving, yeah. So yeah, I, I missed her whole thing. Yeah, I, sh- I should go back and check it out. I didn't get to my techno bag till late '90s when it was like on Subterranean and like MTV Two more often. <laughs> mm-hmm. MTV amped. Mm-hmm. Right, right. When this is '93. I was like 13. Mm-hmm. I was a very hyper oh, yeah. dance music kid all the way. Amazing. Well, that's my number one. That's my list. <sighs> Sweet. Very, very alt, very Tara. I love it. Yeah, I know. It was like, I feel like our list definitely did tell a lot about us in a sense. (laughs) Should we do a quick run through of our honorable mentions? Sure. Our esteemed guest, you first. Sure. Okay. So honorable mention was uh, November Rain by Guns N' Roses. (laughs) Yes. Wow. I'm not mad at that. (laughs) Also, I mean, that like, it's a nine minute song. The video was epic. Uh, There's like three guitar solos or something in there. Like, it's like, it's very dramatic. (laughs) So November Rain. And then- um, Sad though. What's that? Nothing lasts forever. (laughs) I know, I know. (laughs) And then another fun one was um, Only Want to Be With You by Hootie and the Blowfish. That's cute. Right? That's kind of cute. I like that one. Uh Yeah, yeah. It's a cute love song. And then Stay by Lisa Loeb. Yes. Oh, yeah. That's a good one. It's a good one. And then my last honorable mention is, um, I don't know if it's somewhat of a deeper cut for Weezer, but it's uh, off their Pinkerton album, Across the Sea. Yes. Right. Why are you so far away from me? Yeah. Oh, so sad. (laughs) That that Pinkerton album was like got a little got some pushback of like oh, this feels misogynistic um, vibes, but I really I I really liked that across the sea. Um, there's a lot of actually good love songs on the Pinkerton album. He was very sad mm-hmm. when he wrote that album, yeah. and yeah, it was very good. It's a great one. I had Lenny Kravitz. It ain't over till it's over. Mm. Mm-hmm. Garbage number one crush from <sighs> yeah, Romeo and Juliet soundtrack. That was almost yeah. That's good. <laughs> um, you two, all I want is you. <sighs> Yola Tango, you can have it all. Mm. Pale Saints, Kinky Love. That one's the maybe more erotic one of mm. mine. Mm-hmm. Songs. Nice. What about you, Natalie? Okay. Can you guys just humor me and let me speed through 10 song titles? Do I'll it. Go really fast. Go. You ready? Yeah. Rapid fire. Janet Jackson again. Seal, Kiss from a Rose. Sade, No Ordinary Love. Mr. Big, To Be With You. Vanessa Williams, Save the Best for Last. 112 Cupid. Sixpence, None the Richer. Kiss Me. Shy, If I Ever Fall in Love. Brian Adams, Have You Ever Really Loved a Woman? Casey and JoJo, All My Life. Celine Dion, The Power of Love. I don't know how many that was, but I'll stop there. Oh my God. Those are all so good. I knew every single one and they all had a like oh, a sweet. unique feeling. Yes. I was so sad to not include any of them on my list. <laughs> 
You should be. As soon as you got to Vanessa Williams, Save the Best for Last, I, I blanked out on the rest of the list. I didn't hear oh God, I love that song that. so much. I had that CD too. That's so I funny. think that might have been the first pop song I ran out and bought sheet music for because I had to learn how to play it on the piano. Amazing. I, w- I was going to guess that Seal was going to be on your top five. So I'm glad that, that Seal was considered, definitely. Oh, he was lurking. Uh-huh. Lurking, yeah. Okay, thank you. I Perfect. feel a little bit better. Mm. Okay, good. <laughs> well, thank you so much, Jeff, for playing this High Fidelity game with us again. Yeah. Yeah, I always love stopping by the record store, chatting up with you. Yeah. Although, I don't know, I felt like a continuation of Breakup Songs. Uh, yeah, I think that's exactly what I did. And I was just like, fuck it, I'm going to lean into it. The breakup Songs and Love Songs feel like the same song to me. Yeah. And I'm going to own it. And is it a red flag? Probably. No. Whatever. Like, <laughs> But that's just sort of what my heart <laughs> resonates with, you know? I'm going to own it. Yeah. No, it's great. And I can't wait to hear your new podcast, Big Dating Energy, and the other new one. Called Problem Solved. Problem Solved. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And I definitely need to pre-order your book. When does that come out again? July 9th. But yeah, pre-order it right now and get it off of your uh, to-do list. You're going to love it. And we can pre-order that at your website? At my website, therapyjeff.com or Amazon or Barnes & Noble, wherever you buy your books. Awesome. Mm -hmm. Thank you so much for making time to come chat with us. It's been so much fun. Yeah, I can't wait to come back for another 90s themed uh, (laughs) top five. Yeah. Mm -hmm. We'll never run out of topics with the 90s, that's for sure. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I'll have to think of what's the next one. 90s soundtracks. Um, I know it would be at the top. Yeah, yeah. There would be a lot of overlap there for 90s soundtracks, probably. Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. definitely. It'd be like The Crow, Romeo and Juliet. Yeah. Angus. Give it away now. Don't give it away now. Oh, no, we're just doing it now. <laughs> right. okay. Okay, 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 okay. I'll stop. I'll stop. All right. Okay. Let's close up. Yeah. yeah, it's late. All right. Have a good night. Bye. Bye, everyone. Record Store Society is hosted by Natalie White and Tara Davies. If you'd like to contact the show, visit our website at recordstoresociety.com. Or you can find us on all your favorite social media sites with the handle at Record Store Society.